Welcome to the Christian History Podcast, Chapter 8, Episode 44. In the last episode, I covered the place Timna and the Barbary Lion, the subspecies of lion found throughout the Old Testament. If you missed that episode, you should really go back and give it a listen. This week, I'll make great progress through the next few sections of Judges. And with that, let's get started. First up this week would normally be the city of Ashkelon, but I covered that place in Volume 1, Chapter 7, Episode 22, released in April of 2021. And since the last place mentioned in Judges 14 has been covered, that means that chapter is officially done. Chapter 15 begins with Samson returning to his wife's father's house, perhaps to restart that relationship. There are no new people, places, or things in this part of the text, apart from the curious story of him tying foxtails together and applying torches to the critters, which will get me to something in the outside record. But first, that story. After a while, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife, bringing along a baby goat. When he got to his father-in-law's house, he said to him, I want to go into my wife's room. But her father would not allow him to go in, replying, I was sure that you had rejected her, so I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister prettier than she? Why not take her instead? Samson replied, This time, when I do mischief to the Philistines, I will be without blame. His line of logic was certainly questionable. So Samson caught 300 foxes and took some torches, and he turned the foxes tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up the shocks and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and olive groves. As you would be correct in suspecting, there's nothing in the outside record about the torched fox story. But what is in the outside record, and interesting to boot, is a 20th century group that takes its name from the episode, if you'll allow me just a minute for a shallow dive into a foxhole. Samson's Foxes was an Israeli commando unit during the 1948 Arab-Israeli War. It was part of the 54th Battalion of the Gavadi Brigade. This unit participated in various battles on the southern front, including Operation GYS in the Battles of the Separation Corridor. Uri Abnerni, who later became an outspoken advocate of Israeli-Palestinian peace and a personal friend of Yasser Arafat, was a member of this unit and even wrote a song called Samson's Foxes, which was its unofficial anthem. The unit's name is directly derived from the story in Judges, In the Arab-Israeli conflict, the unit used various armaments, including Willie's jeeps equipped with two German-made machine guns. There's a certain irony in that. They also used capture Egyptian armored personnel carriers repurposed for the Israeli army. Overall, Samson's foxes aimed to use unconventional warfare and to strike quickly, both in deference to their namesake. And that's it for his foxes. After this fox attack, Samson struck the Philistines down hip and thigh in a massive defeat, 
then went to the cleft of the rock at Edom, presumably to hide, possibly in a cave. Which does give me another place to cover. This place, the rock of Edom, was only mentioned in this part of the text. It's thought to have been in Judah, though likely in the lower portion of the hill country, maybe at or near a town with the same name. There is a rocky hill near there, perhaps that's Edom. On this hill is the village of Beit Etab, which itself is near Zorah. Some propose this as the site of Edom, simply due to the similarities of the name. There's also a cavern known as Arak Ishmael. This place is elevated on the northern cliffs of the Wadi Ishmael, but still in the same general area. And that's it for the rock, or cleft. Next is the place Lehi, found in the same chapter of Judges. This part of the text relays that it's also known as Ramoth Lehi. Lehi may translate to hill, and Ramoth Lehi is simply the hill of the jawbone. It was the place where the Philistine army encamped just prior to their confrontation with Samson, the one where he beat them down, some 1,000 of them, with the donkey's jawbone, hence the name. During the United Monarchy period in Israel, Lehi was the site of another battle between the Israelites and Philistines. Later, the text tells us that Shammah the Herorite, who was one of David's mighty warriors, held his ground there, specifically in a field of lentils, when the mass of the Israelite army retreated. The Septuagint seems to propose that the name referred to the heaving or throwing up of the jawbone. There is the speculation that the name may have been given because of some real or imagined likeness in the place to the shape of a jawbone. There is a proposed location of the Wadi Esara, not terribly distant, and therefore also not far from Zorah and Timnath, but its location is largely unknown with the actual location of this hill having been lost to history. The last place in Judges 15 is in Hakur, meaning the spring of the one who called. It could also translate to the spring of the partridge, though the first translation is by far the most accepted among biblical scholars. The spring was likely near Lehi, but given that that place is unknown, don't be surprised to learn this one is too. It was probably near Judah. And that's Judges 15. I'll begin chapter 16 by covering a place I've mentioned a few times before, the Valley of Sorak. Sometimes you'll see this place also listed as the Brook of Sorak. It's one of the largest, most vital drainage basins in the Judean hills. The only place you'll find it in the text is in Judges 16 as the home of Delilah. It was likely on the border between the ancient Philistines and the tribe of Dan, at least where the tribe was at this point in the history. The Midrash attempts to translate Sorek as fruitless tree, though this translation seems to be more related to what became of the woman from there, overall implying both a moral lesson and metaphor suggesting that Samson's involvement in his relationship with Delilah was eventually fruitless. 
It could also mean special vine and refers to the grapes and wines grown in the area. Much of the narrative around Simpson and Delilah took place here, from their meeting to her wearing him down to reveal the secret of his strength, to his capture and enslavement. Unlike many of the other places I've recently covered, the location of the Valley of Sorek has not been lost to history. This wash runs from east to west, beginning in the Judean foothills just northeast of Jerusalem and travels towards the coast, eventually emptying into the Mediterranean between Tel Aviv and Ashdod. In recent history, in the 19th century, the valley served as a railroad route of an important connection between the two major cities in the area, Jaffa and Jerusalem. Because railways at the time were reliant on water sources and worked better in as flat of terrain as possible, several surveyors who planned the first railway in the Middle East, the Jaffa-Jerusalem line, decided to use the Sorek Valley as the main route for the line. The railway began operation in 1892, following the valley until its junction with the valley Arifim, after which it followed that valley into Jerusalem. While the modern Tel Aviv to Jerusalem high-speed railway line was designed to avoid the Sorek route and shorten the distance, the older railway along the Wadi has been refurbished and remains in use. The new line connects the country's two largest cities in its main international airport, running in a roughly west-to-east direction between the Tel Aviv International Airport to Jerusalem, with the route also running through Lod, Ramla, and Beit Shemesh. Today, the line running through the Sorek Valley, the older one, mainly serves as a scenic route used by tourists. Several small water reservoirs exist along its route. There are also waterfalls on several of its tributaries. Also in recent times, much of the valley has been designated as a nature preserve. And that's the little there is about the Sorek Valley, and a good stopping point for this week's episode. Join me next week, when I'll pick up in Judges 16. You don't want to miss it. Comments and questions can be sent to comments at christianhistorypodcast.com. This week, help others to find the podcast by leaving a positive review on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast from. You can find the Facebook page by searching the phrase Christian History Podcast is three separate words. Once there, be sure to like the page so that it's easier to find later. Finally, If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe so you get the episodes as soon as they are released and you don't miss out. Thanks for listening and have a great week.